Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 226, a coaching session on irrational thoughts and the urge to overexercise. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. Today's episode is the first of several that I'll be sharing um, over the coming months, maybe longer, that basically is just a coaching session. So the idea for this uh, came from many of you. I've heard frequently over the years how interested you would be in something like this, where where you can just hear me work with someone um, and, and just kind of see how this conversation unfolds. And I've sort of hinted at it. I have had, you know, I've spoken to listener questions, which I love. It's obviously not interactive, but I think there's something really powerful, even just in those episodes, which are very different from me just showing up at the microphone and sharing what I'm seeing and what's on my mind. But to have a question and be able to really dissect it and go into things, um, I just feel like that helps you as the listener see things in a much deeper way. There's sort of a, and there's an application built in, there's like specifics built in that maybe aren't there so much when I'm just sharing what's on my mind. So um, so I, I agree with you and I appreciate that. And I think those conversations where I speak to a listener question have been really great and, and I get a lot of positive feedback about those. And so these where I'm actually, where I have the listener here and we're in a two-way back and forth conversation, it's so much even more powerful. And we have no idea where this will go. I have no clue. I'm sure they have no clue where this will go. Um, I know very little. I have like a sentence or two typically to go on that's just about the topic, which is how I like it, by the way, when I coach. I don't want to know a bunch of backstory up front. I want to come in without a lot of on my mind and just be in this space with someone and let my curiosity guide guide me to ask certain questions and and let them just be present and see what comes up. And so that's what we're doing here. And and you know, there is something, I say this all the time in the little school of big change, there's something just so amazing and beautiful and relatable about a human being who is willing to just show up and be totally honest about what they're going through. It doesn't matter what it is. I cannot say that enough. I mean, and you will hear uh, coaching sessions coming up in the in the next several months about things that have that you can't relate to in terms of a topic. So, like like today's is around irrational thoughts, and specifically this urge to overexercise. Now, you might be sitting around saying, "Hey, I can't even get myself to exercise, let alone overexercise. I can't relate to this at all." I promise you, if you listen to this beyond the content of what we're talking about, beyond the specifics. If you listen to this amazing human being that is Betty, that you're going to hear me coach, and you just hear her vulnerability and you hear what's behind her issue, not what her issue is on the surface, but what's behind it, you will relate. There is no way you will not. And that's always the case. And I just think that's so awesome because it kind of, it kind of just naturally takes us forces us to kind of see things in a deeper way, 
nothing is about what it appears to be about. Nothing. There's always something behind it. And there's always, and it's like the deeper we go and seeing what's ultimately behind it, it's always just some fear, some insecurity, some fear, some sense of a me that feels really precious and threatened. There's nothing else. There is nothing else. So to see that over and over with people and to recognize it in them and then recognize it in ourselves, it just massively simplifies this whole human experience thing that we're all doing. Um, and it just, I just think it's so helpful. So in our very first episode, um, this one with Betty, first I want to say that um, the biggest challenge I've found in doing these coaching sessions, I love them. I love doing them. Um, I've had many, many volunteers. So by the way, if you've volunteered and I haven't gotten back to you, please be patient because I got an overwhelming response for this. I could do these for a couple of years with all the volunteers I got. Um, and I might, so just hang on. But the biggest challenge is the audio issues. Now, I am a podcaster now, I guess. So I have equipment and even my audio is not as amazing, but it's it's pretty good. Uh, that's not the case for the average person. So the first thing I just want to say is the conversation with Betty, it starts off in a audio quality sense, um, a, a little touchy. It's not bad, but it doesn't sound great, but it gets better and it gets better quickly. So don't listen to this and be like, oh, I can't really hear her that well or understand her and shut it off. I think um, I think it's within the first several minutes. I mean, it just, it gets a lot better. Uh, so it's worth hanging on for. So Betty came around um, just feeling this constant urge to be moving not even, I mean, exercising, but just moving, stretching, doing something. And she will, you'll hear her explain that she had years and years of food issues and all kinds of stuff. And it's like so many things have clarified and simplified and fallen away. And this thing remains. And that's, I think that's just so often how it goes. It's like our issues kind of morph and they get a little simpler and sometimes more specific. Like in this case, she used to have all kinds of fears and things around food and eating and moving. And now it's down to just this and it's pretty specific, um, but it still feels sticky for her. So you'll see us talk about how this is an irrational thought and the fact that she knows that was really huge. It's not like she truly believes her belief, if that makes sense, uh, what her mind is telling her about all the bad things that will happen. She knows better. And I always check on that. I, that's what I want to know. Like, do you know better, but you just feel stuck in it? When I'm asking the wise you, like, do you know better and you just feel stuck in it? Or do you really believe this? And she knows better, which is great. That's, that's awesome. So really what we're dealing with is is not a belief that feels super logical and solid and real to her, but some discomfort, some habitual discomfort that comes up that her mind says, oh no, don't stop moving. It's going to get worse or it'll get better if you get up and jump around. And, and she knows that doesn't make sense. So, so it's not really about logic, although you will hear her mind run her all over the place, you know, giving her reasons and taking her over here and over there. And that's exactly what a mind does. But what it really comes down to is her being with some feeling that this habit, I guess, that these urges are are helping her not feel, helping her prevent. So 
Um, so grateful for Betty and her openness and, and honesty in this conversation. And I really hope that you enjoy it and hear a lot in it. And I know that you will. Just listen with an open mind beyond the issue. And I know you're going to get so much from it. Hi, Betty. Thank you so much for coming to have this conversation with me. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So, um, so maybe just say a little bit about how it looks right now as we talk, kind of what the, what the biggest struggle is for you. I grew up, and in a really brief recap, feeling cursed and broken, and it was only emphasized by my parents believing that very expressively abuse in the house, including some physical abuse. I truly believed that I was not normal and there was something wrong with me. And after, I don't, I don't know how I got married, but I did. And I, after my first child, I spiraled into a crushing depression. And all my eating habits got really bad. I always struggled with binge eating, sneaking eating, and going on extremely restrictive diets. And I joined OA, which only made it worse because it was a restrictive type of OA. And so it was better to be more restrictive. And I lost a lot of weight, but because I wasn't in a naturally, I'm not a naturally slim person. Nobody, everybody just complimented me. And so it was just reinforced, reinforced that this is the way to go. This is where you get acceptance. This is safety. I would say that's my key word is safe. You're safe when you are thin. My mother happens to be obese. So that was the message she gave me as well, that uh, she's a monster and um, you only have value if you're thin. So that just spiraled more and more, and I uh, was until I was extremely emaciated that someone took notice. I went to therapy, and just to forward up the timeline, I was in therapy for almost 10 years, twice a week, very intensive. And during corona, <laughs> there was not that much progress, to be perfectly honest. Not, not that much progress, but some progress. And then during corona, I was on Facebook zoning out and I came across something, the three principles in chronic pain. And I thought, well, I don't have physical chronic pain, but I definitely have chronic emotional pain. And I started to investigate what is this. And I did not get it at all. I don't even, I, I didn't get it. And my husband and my therapist kept saying, then drop it. Why do you keep going back to this? It, it, it really drove me bananas because I didn't know what they were talking about, but they kept saying, you're not broken. You were never broken. And I I just, well, what are they talking about? And so I kept coming back. I kept coming back. I joined different groups. I can't say a straight how I found you. I don't remember. I just, different things, touch this point, touch that point, amaze. And somehow over the year of Corona, I, on my own, without the support of my therapist because she was not thrilled. I went off all medication. I stopped taking sleeping aids at night and I scaled back to only once a week with her. So something just kept me coming back. And then I don't remember exactly when you ran your last school, not this year, I think it was last January. 
I joined your little school, Big Change, and I quit therapy. Without a doubt, I'm. there's no looking back. There's no regrets that I quit therapy. There's no regrets that I quit being on medicine. There's no regrets. I don't have a single doubt that every single one of those decisions was right. However, and here's the but, I, I still struggle a lot with my eating and my exercise. And it was what I had originally joined the school for. And I have, again, a little bit of movement, a little bit of grace, a little bit of fluidity with it. But it's it, all so many other areas of my life, my relationships with my children, my relationships with my husband, my relationship with myself, being brave and doing things that I had never done before just because, again, the key word is safe. I need to be safe. So much has shifted. Food and exercise rules my life. And intellectually on paper, I can see how it makes absolutely no sense and how it's keeping me a prisoner because it, it really, I'm wasting my life away with the amount of time I spend on it and the amount of energy that goes into it. And, and, and I just, I, whenever like it comes, I just like, no, I, not in this area. In this area, I can't trust life. In this area, I can't be curious. Um, that's basic recap. I'm happy to give any other information that would be helpful. Yeah, no, that's great. So you know that um, that it's really normal and makes perfect sense, really, that, um, that things kind of shift in their own time and that this thing food, weight, exercise, all of that is so, like you said, it's so deep. It came from parents. It's tied to safety. Like it just feels so big and fundamental. Now, it doesn't mean it is. It it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have any more power than any other belief um, in terms of just how beliefs go. But for in your mind, it kind of does. So I just want to reiterate that. And I know you know that, that it it makes such good sense that, yeah, you know, therapy might stop and relationships might change and, and so much might change, which are really big things. I mean, that's incredible. And, and it doesn't all happen in one fell swoop. So it makes sense that something comes first and then something comes later and then something comes even more later. And so I just want to put that out just to kind of reassure you too, you know, that this is just the thing we're working on now or that we're looking at now, you know, and, and it, it kind of makes sense because there's just a, a lot of thinking around it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you say you can trust, you have been able to see that you aren't broken and that you can trust life in a lot of areas. Um, I wonder, okay, around, around this, like say a little bit more, I guess, about how it shows up for you, like on a daily basis. Is it, I know exercising is a, is a big thing. Like what's just like today or yesterday or tomorrow, like what's the, the thing that you're, the way that this struggle is showing up the most right now? Oh, I still can't make any appointments in the morning. I can't do any of my errands. I can't do, honestly, I have like dreams especially because I I have seen glimmers of it being possible of doing things, other things with my time besides exercising. Um, for example, I, I paint and I, and I think my art has improved and I think that there is 
potential for me to do something beautiful with it and let the world see it in some sort of form. And that takes time and it takes energy and it takes patience and perseverance, all of which has to come after I exercise. So it's not like the hours and hours and hours that I used to do, but the second my kids leave school, I am exercising and it's not as much hours, but it's certainly intense. And if I don't feel it's intense enough, then my time will increase until I felt like there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. I love it to move, but uh, it also kind of stop stopping. I I have a hard time sitting still with anybody for any like I'm, my my mind sort of on the clock because I'm afraid. Well, if you sit more than ten to fifteen minutes, you'll lower your metabolism. I know it sounds insane, but it's it's it, I can't talk myself out of it. I can't breathe myself into the present and just be here and there. It's like I, I, I'm only allowed to sit when I eat. <laughs> and, and so I'm standing most of the day. And uh, that's just like an extension of the actual exercise that I'm doing. And if I feel like I've been still for too long, say I'm painting, and then I have to go for a walk or I have to do yoga, I have to, have to move, which is natural, I guess, when you're a static position. But it's, more so for me, for my mind's always on it. It's in the back of my mind, in the back of my awareness always. How long have you been still? Yeah. And then, then there's the actual, whatever time is, I'm actually all morning either in yoga or stretching or actually working out. So it can come to three hours in total in the morning. And it's, it's let's just, I'll give you an example. Um, my husband, got a wedding coming up in in America. So he very much would like me to go with him. And there's a large part of me that kind of want to say, I can prove this to myself. I missed two of my siblings' weddings because I was too afraid to be out of my comfort zone and not be in a safe place with the safe food and the safe exercise over the years. So I want to sort of prove, look, you're in such a better place. You can do this. You can go for one blasted week and just Let's, let's just, either you'll move or you won't move, or you'll move a little bit, and it won't be as much as you normally do, and you won't have the same familiar foods that, that's another issue is, like, I like to have, I eat probably the same things almost every day. Again, a lot more flexible than it used to be, and I definitely am grateful for that, but I can't make that ticket, because there's just so much fear, and not willingness, even as I see like I, on one hand, I want to prove I can do this. I know I'm safe. I've seen so much. I want to trust life. On the other hand, so he made a ticket today, <laughs> and he said, "You can still change your mind by the end of the day." And I, um, I said, "Give me a few more hours. I have a phone call. Back to Amy John." Oh, after that, no pressure. No, there's no. <laughs> I, I, I'm the part of the gift of this understanding is in bits and pieces a lot more. This is where you are. And I, yeah. this is where you are. And and I don't like it a lot of times, but if I fight it, I'm just going to be even in a worse place and more defensive. So yeah, for sure. For sure. So, okay. So you, this feels so real. 
I so get that. And I've been there in my own way. So it feels, and that's what I hear you saying, like it just feels so terrifying. Your mind is always talking about it, get up, move, all the things that will happen. Yet I also hear you a little bit saying that you know that's not true. So I'm curious about that. I mean, do you know, like now this has nothing to do with how it feels or what you're expected to do later today or any of that, but do does some part of you know that it is actually okay, as uncomfortable as it might feel for you, that in the bigger picture, it is okay to not be moving constantly? Intellectually? Intellectually. Yeah. Because other you see other people who don't move all the time and they're fine, right? Like they're thin or they're not or whatever, but it doesn't like, like their metabolism isn't in the toilet and it's okay. It's okay to not move. And and I assume you, you, like you said, intellectually, you know that and you see that other people live in that reality. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just, so that's so big. I mean, and it might be obvious. It might seem really obvious, but it's it's really good, I think, to start there and acknowledge that because what we're dealing with now is an irrational thought and, and some feeling. And you And you know that that's what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with your safety. This has nothing to do with safety. We're not dealing with, and I, again, as I say this, I don't expect you to just deeply know all this. I'm just kind of putting it out there for us to start. Like, where this is not an issue of safety. This is not an issue of approval or acceptance or anything else. It it started and got tied into a story about that long, long ago. And even then it wasn't really about that. It's just, that's just what it looked to be about. That's the story your mind said. If I'm safe and if I do this and if I'm thin or sorry, if I'm thin and I eat this way and all of that, then I'll be safe. Then I'll be accepted. Then I'll be lovable. Then I won't be like my mother. And that all is so logical and normal. And of course, like to your sweet little mind, that all looked very real. So your mind said, wow, your mind loves you so much. It is like, we are going to keep Betty safe at all costs. This is what we have to do. But now, especially years out from that, it has nothing to do with that stuff. Now your mind will bring those things up and it'll feel like it has to do with that. But really what we're dealing with is just kind of a phobia, you know, it's just kind of a irrational thought that keeps occurring and then has all this energy with it. Does that, I don't know, what do you hear in that? There's two things that come to my, come to me is one is, well, two things. Can I say a few things? Yeah. Yeah. One is, in, in, I guess we call it diet culture, right? I, I don't know. I think that's, there's just so many stories. I don't even know what's real anymore. Diet culture, intuitive eating, all of that stuff is, I just feel story, all, all stories too. But there is a lot of people talk about moving, movement, movement, and every little bit counts and every little bit. And then, and there's, so there, there is that pressure from there. And it's not that I surround myself with that type of jargon anymore, but it's just, we see it everywhere. You just, in a, in a, it's, so, so there, there is a little bit of that. And then 
terms of the, knowing that intellectually, I'm looking at other thin people, plenty of thin people who just sit and have office jobs and they're sitting a lot. And I, 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 I kind of marvel at it, but I doesn't feel safe, besides safe, like other things, just like in my body, in the cellular way, it was, it just became a non-issue. And so it feels to me that it's because it's not, hasn't dropped off and become a non-issue, there must be truth to it. So maybe there's parts of me that don't see it fully, that don't see fully that, yes, if you sit for a few hours, you're, you'll be fine. Oh, so are you... Parts say, true. Are you saying that because it keeps coming back up and it hasn't fallen away, then then your mind is saying, see, it must be true or else it would have fallen away. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's convenient for a mind. I mean, it's like <laughs> your mind is the one that keeps bringing this up constantly. And then your mind says, see, here's the evidence. Here's the reason I keep bringing it up because I haven't dropped it yet. Do you see what I mean? It's like a conversation your mind is having with itself. And, and minds are so smart. I mean, and you're obviously a very intelligent woman. Like, I mean, a mind will, man, they'll find proof and evidence and, and these circular arguments all day long. But do you see, and again, I don't want to make this super about the logic, but I do want you to kind of see that. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, so it's like, let's look at someone else. Someone else that has, let's say, um, uh, a phobia about, um, I don't know, what's something that's like super safe. There are actually people that have phobias around like ketchup. So say someone has a ketchup phobia and they just won't go anywhere near ketchup. It, by, by your logic or your mind's logic, we're saying, oh, well, there must be something wrong with ketchup because their mind hasn't dropped it. Right. So at, there it's kind of, easy to see, right? Like, no, that doesn't really make sense. It's just that a mind hasn't dropped it. That doesn't make it true. There's millions of things our mind says. And, you know, I'm sure you can look back and see things that your mind has told you that later you saw to be completely dead wrong. So I don't know. Does that, does that help you kind of see that a little bit? Like, or at least be open to like, okay, maybe, maybe that's not how it looks. Maybe this, that is just another trick of, of my mind trying to keep this story alive. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of looks very ridiculous. And part of me says, like, okay, well, then sit down right now. <laughs> Why are you not <laughs> sitting right now? So I'm going to sit. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> awesome. I mean, and that's exactly how a mind will do it, right? Like, okay, fine. It's so funny because it's, it's the mind talking to itself, you know? Like when you say part of me, it's your mind and it's talking kind of to itself in a way. It's like, and it'll do that. Like, okay, fine, then just sit. And then, and then maybe it's a little uncomfortable, which would be understandable because for a long time it has been. And then the mind will say, see, I told you, look how uncomfortable, you know? And it's, so, and I know you have a lot of familiarity with that, just being around the school for so long of, like just at times noticing this conversation that's happening with itself and it is so circular and it's full of proof and evidence and, and dares and, you know, like find just sit and all of that stuff. And sometimes we just get that little glimpse of it where it's just, 
almost humorous to see how it's just running itself in circles like that. Yes. You know, then when do you trust it? When do you, wait, this is, this is right. This is. I don't when, know. When I don't is, think you do. I, I think there's just things, you know, like it's not a matter of with our mind saying that things are right or not right or trustworthy or not. I think it's like saying, how do you know you love your kids? You just do, you know, how do you know when you're tired and it's time for bed? You're just tired. Like there's not really a knowing of it, but when it's a conversation, you know, like your mind talking about stuff, then it's, then it's a conversation. So yeah, and just, I feel that. yeah, good. And then just briefly on the diet culture thing and, and, you know, uh, I think, again, our mind can find evidence for anything. So I also exercise regularly, you know, and I can easily, <laughs> maybe my mind is the other way, I can easily pick out of a huge sea of information the stuff that talks about how important recovery days are. And how and how great even inter, even something like interval training and, and trust me I'm not trying to get into a discussion about what's right or wrong in exercise but even something like interval training the whole purpose is like you don't go all the time and that's actually helpful so I'm just sharing like like don't believe me but I'm just saying like how our mind will just pick out what it wants to believe it it will just find everything as a mirror all of life, all of the research even. It's just just a mirror for what our mind is already thinking and believing. So it isn't surprising that your mind will glob on to, you know, stuff that talks about trying to get in those steps and, you know, move all the time. Then I wonder, is it, there's so much work that I used to do about writing and your value systems and finding what your value are, looking to the next 15 years, who do you want greeting you and you got to do the work now. So then it makes me wonder, because I've been around intuitive eating for a while and it's, 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 uh, it's a commitment. It's a commitment to doing the work of finding out what you really have as values and then taking the steps to achieve them. Where does that fit in? If let's using all this food and exercise and I don't want to be that I'm going to miss more weddings and more opportunities or this past weekend we got together with friends and I brought my safe food and ate it in, in my room and then just pretended to eat a little bit with them. And I don't want that to be me in 15 years. Is, is there value with that or is just continually staying in trying to see the safety of life and well, there's not a way and there's value if you find it valuable. It's not like inherent, nothing is inherently valuable. It's not like people have to sit down and figure out their values in order to be free. That's definitely not the case. And it's also not the other thing you said, you know, like it's not like we, there's no one thing we have to do. It's, it's, it's just doing what makes sense for us in a moment with a deeper understanding, hopefully that our mind is going to run us around in circles and try to protect us what it thinks is our protection. And that's all that's happening here is your mind is in overdrive, overdrive constantly trying to keep you safe in the way that it decided years and years and years ago was your safety. And 
you are getting constant feedback by the way of missing weddings, by the way of, of being exhausted and, you know, all the things you talked about, that is all feedback showing you, hey, there's a machine in here that just keeps reverting back to something that it thinks I need for my safety, but I'm a wise adult here and I don't need that for my safety. Like that's ultimately, I think, what there is to see in this. And Yes, it feels like life or death. Of course it does, because that's how a brain works. A brain gives it to us as if it's life or death. To your mind, it kind of is life or death. But again, like we know better. And you've seen so much of that. If you've been through eating issues as, as much as you have, and you've made as much progress as you have, you know, me too, that our minds used to have all kinds of super rigid rules that they just dropped. You know, there's a lot of stuff that does not look the things that used to look like you absolutely needed them for protection and okay and being okay and all of that. How do they, if they were so important and real, like how do they just change, you know? So, so you kind yeah, of, keep, they? <laughs> yeah, well, cause they never were, cause they never were. And this isn't either. It's just a mind. I feel like those didn't work so hard. So this is like, there has, there's work that's needed here. Those things, I didn't work so hard for them to drop, I guess here and there to scale back on the exercise. Maybe I did five minutes at a time and three steps forward, 10 steps back, but eventually scaled back. And this just feels, I feel like a stuckness. That, and then I wonder, well, then just be patient and let's just keep seeing the truth over and over and over and get deeper into your bones so that like those things dropped and I, and it was just because on a cellular level, meaning there was no thought. I was just, that makes no sense anymore. And I yeah. can do this. Yeah. Maybe that's just what has to happen here. Like maybe I just need to stop trying and I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Well, I think it happens like that sometimes. And who knows, even as we describe it, we don't really know what happens, but that's how, that's our best way of describing it. You know, looking back, that's what it feels like happens. Is it just, look different or whatever, but I'm curious. Okay. So let's really get into this. Like for you right now, let's say if you, and you don't have to do this, but just play it out with me. If you were to just sit down for, let's say 90 minutes, that's, that's a stretch, right? Like that's being like yin yoga or something is that insane because I, I can't even be on the phone with i mean with somebody and not either be walking or i have to be still so then i'll i'll do yin yoga which is basically holding a yoga pose for long amounts of time so i feel like i'm okay i'm doing something at least my mom yeah getting more flexible while i have to be still okay so let's say that you were to not do that you're going to watch a movie with your family or you're going to be on a call with me or a family member or something for 90 minutes and there's no holding poses. There's no, I mean, you might move your leg a little bit, <laughs> but you're, but you're trying to be still like, and I don't mean like, it's not about this effort of trying to do this, but let's just say you don't do it. Some stuff's going to come up. What is, how are you going to feel? What's going to come up? I'll feel pressure in my chest. I will, because I, 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 I took a road trip with my family and I 
couldn't get out of the car. Obviously, we were traveling for a little bit, and it was, uh, I keep telling myself, it's, it's one day, okay? One day, you'll, one day. People do this every day. You can sit. Yeah. And it so, was worth it. And it was worth it because it was worth being with them. That's awesome. So what were the, what were some of the feelings that, that came up? You said you had your chest got tight, pressure in your chest. Yeah, I noticed I tensed my a lot. Like I kept noticing that my, my, like they, like I, they would start to hurt and I would see that they were in clenched. Like my fingers were all curled in, like almost like you're going to punch something. Yeah. I was very tense. And, and then there was actually moments where I was completely enjoying the talk and enjoying being in the moment. And then it would return and it would just like wave in and out. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, this is great to see. So yes, at times your mind said, obviously your body was reacting. There was some tension in your body and your mind called it anxiety and I'm sure had all, and then, you know, went into, it's just one day and all of its kind of strategies. So that would happen. And then, then you didn't do anything, but then that would just shift and something new would come in and maybe just not thinking about it or just feeling more okay. And then, so, so is that kind of how it was like throughout the road trip? It just kind of came in waves like that. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth in and out, in and out being so grateful to just be present and wow, I'm sitting with them. And then, oh my gosh, I hope we're gonna go to a restroom soon. So I can at least like get out and do a few jumping jacks and then being okay. And then like reminding myself, there were times where I just reminded myself this is temporary and, You'll get to move and this is worth it. And then into, I don't care. I don't want to be living like that anyways. And then all the recrimination and guilt came and then back into the grateful. It was like, it's just everything you can experience in those few hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so huge to see how it just changes all by itself like that. And it's, and it's kind of like, look, if, if you, if you lived through that and it just sounds like it wasn't even like, horrible, hard, white knuckling living through. It was, it was uncomfortable at times for sure. But, but what kind of happens at home is you start to feel a tiny little rise of that chest pressure or the anxiety or whatever it is. Your mind instantly comes in and says, oh, I don't like this. We, we can't feel this. And then it starts moving. And that happens over and over and over and over so that you don't ever really feel what's there to feel and you for sure don't get through to the other side where you're like wow look at this I can feel this stuff I can sit here and nothing bad is happening you're not ever getting to experience that because your mind is so good it's so it loves you so much it's jumping in so quickly to try to protect you from anything that even seems like it might be uncomfortable <laughs> like I guess I would use the word it's, it's really conditioned and and then it went and then I go back to my question from before is it something that I need to white knuckle for a little bit or and do the work and values and all that and or is this where because I guess it's a large large part of me that's kind of hoping to just be like the other things that slowly, slowly drifted and dropped away. Like, I don't know when during my first year, and, and again, I'm not around this understanding for very long at all, but when I wasn't getting it at all, 
but there was something that kept bringing me back. And then somehow something said, get off the medicine and to get off the sleeping stuff and to scale back on therapy and then get off of therapy that this wasn't helpful for me. And all these, like, it, it, it was with such clarity. I can't, it was just like, it was like a, a joyful clarity. And I kind of wanted to be around this area too. And do I just wait for it or do I do something? I know you're not going to tell me to do anything. <laughs> well, I am going to tell you to do something, but I mean, and look, you did it. You did it in the road trip. You, you were able to feel life and it didn't kill you and it was okay. And even when your mind was calling it anxiety and then your mind was racing and trying to fix it, that, that was actually you feeling in a way that you never get to feel at home. You actually got to really feel something as best you can, you know, and there is a, a much deeper depth of feeling available. And that is what takes you out of this. So just to what you just said, I just would love for you to kind of set that aside because that, that's another mind distraction. That's your mind saying, okay, I'm willing maybe to let this go, but I really want it to look like it, like that other insight looked a few months ago. And it like, we don't, we don't get to pick that and you don't need it to look that way, Betty. You really don't. You don't need for it to feel that way. Honestly, if you could be free of this, I'm pretty sure you'd look back and not really care how it happened. I mean, so this that's just something that's very common. It's just the way our mind is just, again, trying to call the shots. Like, okay, maybe we'll give you an insight here, but it's got to go this way. Well, we don't get to pick that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so really, like, you know, maybe it will fall away. I have no idea, but maybe it won't. But here's the thing. The way, the way out of this is through it. And that will be so amazing and like enlightening and rewarding for you. If you can continue to be, and this is why I was asking early on, if on some level, even just intellectually, if you know you're actually safe, you know that moving is not actually doing anything for your safety, your mind will tell you it is. It will feel like it is in some very deep way that you can't even describe. It will feel like life or death. It does feel like that sometimes. But if you know that it isn't and you are able to kind of just be in whatever is arising, some days it might feel like anxiety. Some days it'll feel like you need to crawl out of your skin. Some days it might feel like sadness or grief or depression. It'll feel like whatever it feels like. Whatever it is, is exactly what is trying to be be felt by you. It is, it is there for you. It is custom made. It is life perfectly wanting to be felt by you. And it is exactly what you need and what's arising in that moment. And when we are with that, however we need to be with it. And again, our mind will jump in and say, oh, I was with it, but it kind of felt like white knuckling or I was with it and it felt easy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It will feel like white knuckling probably in the beginning. It's not going to be comfortable all the time. But, but we just go into it with curiosity and openness and, and, and for like a second in the beginning, if that's all you do, you just, you can let it in and feel it and be curious about where it is. And just again, like, Oh, I notice. Like, look, it looks my my hands are clenched. Like, I'm going to punch someone, and now I feel this chest tightness. Oh, and now that just lifted, and now I feel this, and that is life begging to do what to just to live through you. It's coming up perfectly for what you need, and and your mind just doesn't understand that. You know, your mind is just 
just conditioned, like you said, super, it's just, it's not making any judgments that make any sense. It is just super conditioned to instantly say, no, no, no. And, and your job in a sense is to hear it saying no and just feel it anyway. And I promise as you do that, it's like, it just pulls you right through what feels like this giant brick wall and like it's so in your way. It's like that wall just dissolves and melts and falls away as we just lean into actually feeling and being with life as life is trying to show up. I had a, a raucous, roaring band playing of of how that's going to look and what do I have to do and I can't trust life and the disappointment in myself and frustration. You've seen so much and it's all been good and for your benefit. Why can't you trust it on this too? Why can't you trust it on this too? And you need amount, you need trust and to be able to be curious. You can't be curious when there's fear. I think they are opposite polar of the spectrum. Fear and curiosity don't go together because you're not, and so yeah. I want to be curious. I want to be curious, but you need to not. You need to lean into the curiosity and not be in fear. Well, you can be curious about the fear. You don't need to get rid of anything, Betty. You don't. That's your mind again trying to make a bunch of rules that you'll never be able to. Your mind's like setting out all these hoops you need to jump through, and it's impossible. That's because your mind just loves you so much. It's trying to keep you away from this. It's super simple. It is way simpler than all of that. All we're saying is just be curious about anything that's arising. Just let yourself, even again, even just for a second, I'm not even saying go book the flight or go on another road trip. It's like just for a minute, maybe later it's two minutes. You just feel into what's arising there. Now my mind immediately jumps and goes, ah, oh, relief. Okay, I could just keep going to where I'm going. And then there's relief there. And then there's sadness that like, well, you'd waited this whole conversation so you could just hear her say, just stay with one, two more seconds of being with the feeling. And then there's judgment on that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind works just like mine. <laughs> just like all of them. And it's just, and I know it's tough because it's, it feels so familiar and true and we're so attuned to that. You know, it's like, and this is not just you at all, but it's like, even just in this conversation, we're kind of looking at feeling into this energy and like, look how, how, like you said, how loud and like just demanding the mind gets. Cause it's like, oh no, we are looking at a direction that we do not want to look in. It's simple it's just this, it's just feeling, that can't be it. That can't be it. And so your mind jumps in with all the, you know, how's it going to look and all the stuff. But none of that is true. You know, I mean, there's, none of that is anything. All, all we're saying, and, and it is like, this really is the way, and it is, this is kind of the one thing you haven't done. And it's the one thing most people who are stuck haven't done. We're so good at intellectualizing and trying to get that perfect insight and trying to think our way out of things. The one thing we haven't done is just sit there and be curious and just feel what's showing up. 
And and it's so ironic because like that is the way. I hear you. And I love what you said, like a lot of stuff's going to come up. I don't want to make it sound like you just sit and feel and then it's just done poof and, you, and you're and you great at just laying around. <laughs> that, that probably won't happen for you overnight. But But what it does is it just takes you that next step. So like you said, maybe initially it's like your mind is like, no, can't do this. And it feels like, a, and it tells a story about metabolism. And then a second later, you'll notice it tells a story about safety. And then it gives you a memory from being a kid. And then it talks about disappointment and how it should be. And just notice that too. These stories, man, they flip flop all over the place. They travel lifetimes. They they go from, you know, it's all about metabolism to it's all about what your mother said to you 40 years ago. Like, you know, and that's just interesting to see too, because it's not really any of that. That's just, that's just what a mind does. And that, I think for me anyway, that that's been so helpful for me to see, oh my gosh, why would I even try to be making sense of that or listening to that? It is all over the place. Let me just come back here and feel what's happening. Something that just, I, I remember reading and then it, I don't think being very helpful for who I am or my experience of life so far. Um, Linda Pransky, I remember that reading, I was watching one of her lectures I don't remember what it was exactly. And she said she used to go and binge on some sort of ice cream. I don't remember what it was. And then it occurred to her that 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 was thought too. And that she wanted to be thin more than she wanted ice cream. Not exactly helpful (laughs) for me (laughs) because mine sat and ran and said, see, we do, if we want to be thin, then all the thoughts about wouldn't it be nice just to eat whatever it is you wanted, whenever you wanted. And all the thoughts of, wouldn't it be nice to have more time in your day to do other things that bring you joy and pleasure and, and, and new horizons? I just wonder if you had something to say to that. Well, I think you just said it perfectly. I mean, that was her insight. That does, that's not your insight. It's not my insight. It's like in, we can notice how our mind, I mean, it's, again, it's a perfect example of kind of like what we said earlier around like what diet culture says. Diet culture says everything and anything under the sun. Our mind just picks out and spins it how it wants to hear it. So that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of what I hear in that as well. And I'm with you. It's like, I mean, man, my mind could could do the same thing and make it the new rule, but but you're on to it, you know? And that's, yeah, it's like, I don't know. When our mind's up there coming up with rules, it's like, oh, that's right. Like, you just kind of keep seeing, oh, there goes my mind again. All kinds of distraction tactics to try to just keep me listening to it. And that's, that's never really where any kind of freedom is. And the insights you've had in the past and the things that have fallen away, I guarantee it didn't come by your mind finally like understanding something. Does that make sense? Like I know, we, like like you were saying, you know, it's like, oh, suddenly this thing doesn't look important. Yes, 
after the fact, in a sense, we look back and we think, oh my gosh, why was that so important? Now it doesn't look important at all. But that's an after the fact kind of judgment. That doesn't mean your mind decided it wasn't important. And so we want to keep all our attention on the mind. So it decides more things aren't important. That It's just after the fact. It was like, oh yeah, this isn't important. The real shift, the real insight was not an intellectual thing. It was not an understanding thing. It was it was all of that just kind of falling silent for a minute. And that's what happens when we feel. And especially when we feel and go into the sensations. And I think that would be so huge for you to, to experiment with. Um, see, so I am going to give you a little homework. Uh, like just to kind of play with that and really feel like where is this happening physically? Because it does just kind of take you out of the stories a little bit. And, and connect you with what's actually happening. And then that's sort of the big cosmic joke is it's like, oh, this is what my mind's trying to protect me from? This little feeling of a little chest tightness and, you know, maybe some clenching and maybe some butterflies in my stomach like this, you know? And then the more you feel it and actually feel the sensations, it just, I don't know, it just does something really amazing. I can be curious about that. So that my mindset is protecting me from being fat, which is is insane because all has happened is it has kept me in prison. Yes. And I know that, uh, that I've 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 seen people. My sister, um, in particular, she she let go. She just like totally, totally. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not wasting more of my life around the food and the exercise and taking a tremendous amount of the weight. And she does not care. And it baffles me. <laughs> and she just feels so free, though. She's just like, I have my life. I can just live. And I just, I want, I want both. I want to stay thin and to, uh, I, I know, it's like so circular. I could hear it as I say it a lot. I want to stay thin and stay safe, which is the insanity, and, and to be free. And I don't know if you could have. Well, I think, I mean, I know that not everyone who lets go and feels free gains a lot of weight. <laughs> Again, some do. And then like your sister, maybe they're, they're okay with that because the freedom is way better than any sort of control when they were thin was. So sometimes it does seem to happen that way. I know for sure a lot of times you, you can have the freedom and not get, you know, it's like, so just watch where your mind is trying to kind of make it a black or white, either or sort of thing. But all, I mean, really to what you're saying, I think the bigger thing is you're just sort of seeing, yeah, your mind's like, okay, we're, I'm open to some freedom here. <laughs> I'm open to maybe giving up a tiny bit of control and having some freedom here, but only if it looks this way. And you don't have to push yourself through that, Betty. Like you just kind of see, okay, this is the story my mind's telling right now. I know that you want freedom more than anything or we would not be talking and you would not be, you know, exploring this as much as you have been. And you've tasted that freedom when you left therapy and medications and all of that. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, like, you know what's on offer and that's what you want. It's just that 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 chatty mind is still still equating this with thinness a little bit. And sometimes you still believe it. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Just be suspicious. You know, just be willing to be wrong about that. And I know you are too, and you are suspicious. You know, because again, look at like you're sharing examples of like your sister and other people. Like you are on to that. The fact that it still has this little grip, that's okay. 
that's that's an amazing thing to feel into. Like, okay, I know intellectually this cannot be true. This isn't true. This isn't about safety, yada, yada. You know all that. And yet it will feel that way. So that's where you just feel it. Like, wow, isn't that interesting? I know that me moving right now is not about my thinness or my safety or not losing any weight by moving around a tiny bit or even a lot of it. Yet, like my stomach is clenched or I feel this pressure or I feel this energy moving, you know? And so it's like, that's, that's sort of the spirit of like, wow, look at how this belief is even showing up in my body. And, and when you go into that, then it just kind of shifts even physically. But the whole thing, I think, in some way just keeps leaning you into this experience rather than staying pushed away and resisting it. And that that is what makes room for like, just for you to see so much. Well, I like the homework. I'm going to definitely try to, I'm going to use the word sit with it a bit. (laughs) Literally sit with it a bit and don't make it too challenging for yourself, you know, and don't, you, you can feel it out. And I want to, let's stay in touch just by email and stuff and see, you can let me know, um, how it's going. But I think, you know, you, you'll feel it out. But I mean, even just something like what I was saying, like, even if you just sit and be for two minutes, I mean, that two minutes might feel like a really long time, but it'll be a good little tester. Then you can get up and move and do whatever you feel like you need to do. But if you keep playing with this, I have a feeling it's just going to keep kind of pulling you in. Yeah. I feel like what you're saying is very, it's true. I, I think that there doesn't have to be a massive breakthrough or a massive willpowering right now, but just I to keep reminding myself, I've seen so much, so much is dropping away. It's okay to be uncomfortable and how much more little bits and pieces. It's like a little challenge and, and I'm quite disciplined. So obviously if I exercise every single day for yeah. years, <laughs> well, to put in maybe a minute or two of discipline and just sitting, this is going to be part of your new practice. And that's, that's, let's just play with that and see where that takes me. Um, I really appreciate this call. I, I wish I could just say, I'm going to run free afterwards and give you that and your listeners that. But I'm, I'm also, because I've been around here a little bit and I'm okay with what it, with what it is. This is where I am. And this is a, it was a beautiful opportunity for me. So I'm very grateful. And I'm really for all your work, you you do so much for the world. You give out so much for free. I I I I'm gobsmacked by how much time and energy and patience you have for humankind. So I I hope that life blesses you with with returns on that because it's a really beautiful gift to the world, and and you're very unique and special in this way. Thank you so much. That's so nice to hear. Thank you. And I really appreciate you doing this and everybody, you know, like, I mean, it's easy for me to just keep talking about this and sharing it when people are keep wanting to hear it and they're open and they're vulnerable and coming and looking at this stuff. So I'm really grateful for you for, for doing this. And, you know, for what it's worth, I'm thrilled with how this is. I don't, I would be suspicious if you were like, woohoo, I'm free. I'm booking the flight. I'm never again. (laughs) Like it just doesn't work that way a lot of the time and it doesn't need to, and it's not supposed to. Like 
I think you're getting a sense of just the immediacy and simplicity of this, that it's like the one place you haven't looked is, is just looking toward just being, you know, and that, and, and I love what you're saying. If you, and it's okay to bring that discipline to it. If this can be your new thing where you just sit for a minute every day for a week, and then maybe next week it goes up, maybe it doesn't sit for a minute, see what happens. Let me know. It's, that's perfect. Thank you. I'm doing something I've never done before. I've partnered with a company called InfoStack. InfoStack bundles popular digital courses from course creators and offers the bundle for an extremely discounted price. Their latest bundle, or stack as they call it, is called the Women's Confidence and Career Super Stack, and it has some incredible digital courses on topics related to confidence, money, and career issues. My contribution to the Super Stack and why I'm telling you about this is the Little School of Big Change self-study course. I know the power of this course, and it definitely is not only for helping women in their careers. This course can completely transform and has already transformed women and men's relationship with unwanted habits, anxiety, insecurity, rumination, worry, negative self-talk, procrastination, and so much more. The entire bundle, so 24 digital courses, will be on sale for only $49. That means that for only one week, from Tuesday, November 22nd, until Tuesday, November 29th, you can get the Little School of Big Change self-study course for only $49. That's a full $200 less than the lowest price it's ever been offered at and really probably ever will be again. (laughs) If you've been waiting to check out the Little School of Big Change, there could not be a better time. You'll have lifetime access to the course so you can go through the self-paced course when it's convenient for you and as often as you want. Make sure you're on my email list so that you receive notifications about this incredible opportunity beginning next week. The 2023 Change Coach Training Program is a six-month, highly supportive, small group training where you'll get to observe and debrief a ton of coaching before doing a ton of coaching yourself with support and feedback the whole way through. You'll leave the program feeling confident and ready to work with others and with the option of becoming a certified change coach. This program is unlike any other in terms of the personal feedback, guidance, and support you receive. The 2023 training is filling up, so check out all the details at dramyjohnson.com slash coach training.